I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer, and this is another episode in our series entitled Industry Evolutions. And thank you, Eric Johnson, for joining me once more. Eric Johnson is the chair of the Washington Realtors Presidential Advisory Group, appointed by President Sherry Daniels, to look at the industry evolution issues that we're discussing in this series. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Today, I want to talk about what will become the Buyer Agency Agreement on October 3rd of 2022. It will be known as Form 41. There will no longer be a separate Form 41A and Form 41B. There will just be Form 41 Exclusive Buyer's Agency Agreement. And as in a prior discussion in this series over Form 21, we are this is not a nuts and bolts conversation about how to use the form. Uh, I, in this conversation, Eric, I want to focus on the high level, the conceptual changes to the buyer agency agreement. So brokers, again, take a forms class, pay attention in your firm meetings when you talk about Form 41, uh, Form 41 and how to use it. But Eric, let's talk conceptually about what the changes are that are significant to this industry evolution issue in this form. Absolutely. All right. <clears throat> In paragraph five, I'm sorry, you know what, let's, I'm sorry, background work. Okay, yeah. What is the purpose of a buyer agency right. agreement? Why do, why, what's important about a buyer agency agreement and, and having buyers sign them? And I think buyer agency now more than ever uh, has come to the forefront of uh, um, this effort to be more transparent uh, okay. with uh, buyer brokers compensation, uh, uh, representation, agency, those are all things we're, we're discussing at the presidential advisory group level. Um, but uh, buyer's agency is so important because at that point in time, when you're, si when you're having a buyer sign a buyer's agency, you have to present what's going to happen. What, what services are you running? How are you getting compensated? Who's compensating you? All of those things that are so important, um, and those are the foundations of a lot of the Department of Justice's concerns uh, in our industry. And if we're not doing that, um, that's a problem. And so I think the buyer agency gives us a great opportunity to um, actually, you know, codify our relationship with the buyer, make them an official client by having a compensation agreement via the statute of frauds, uh, uh, and um, uh, again, explain explain how the system works and how the compensation works. Do you use the presentation of the buyer agency agreement to your buyer as an opportunity to help the buyer understand, like on a on a day-to-day -day level, what, what are you gonna do for the buyer? How are you gonna solve this buyer's problem of needing to find property? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, because uh, again, we only get paid if we do our job. And so uh, this, this gives a, the agent an opportunity to explain kind of the risk-reward quotient of like, okay, you know, I'm gonna run around with you and my hair on fire for X amount of time. And, and for that, uh, hopefully if we find a house and get you uh, uh, signed around and closed, at that point in time, I get compensated. And this is how, you know, this is what allows me to do that is having this buyer broker. <clears throat> and designated brokers, this is where, <clears throat> excuse me, where you play a huge role in this conversation. Designated brokers, you need to be talking to your brokers about what this conversation looks like. How do you have this conversation? Buyer brokers probably really aren't going to literally say they're gonna run around with their hair on fire. Instead, what does that mean on a day-to-day -day basis? 
how are they going to find properties to show the buyer? What criteria are they going to use? How, how available are they going to be to the buyer if the buyer wants to see property? What if the buyer wants to write a contract at 10 p.m. at night? You know, all of those things. And then what about the difference between the buyer having representation by a buyer's agent through a buyer's agency agreement versus showing up in an open house and buying from the listing broker? Absolutely. And, and having that, and I think this also can be couched in the agency conversation where you do talk about dual agency and the difference between Absolutely. if you buy my, if you buy my uh, listing, it's, it's different. Things, this is different. And uh, it allows you to delineate those, those differences and point those out ahead of time to where a buyer is going into a situation with eyes wide open and understanding the process. And, and also with a firm understanding and instruction mm -hmm. from the buyer broker about what they should do if they walk into that open house and say, this is the house I want. Mm -hmm. Listing agent says they can write it for me. Mm -hmm. Should I do that? What should I do? Have that, that conversation. conversation. Absolutely. So your buyer knows what to do. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at the form again, conceptual level. Paragraph five is the compensation provision. That's what we're going to focus today. So the first part of paragraph five is really simple. You and the buyer are going to agree on the amount of compensation that the buyer is going to pay the buyer brokerage, the buyer firm. Just like the listing agreement, this is a contract between the between the broker's firm and the consumer. Now, broker, you're going to be the one who signs the contract on behalf of your firm as an agent for your firm, but it's a, it's a contract between the firm and the consumer, and in this contract, the buyer agrees to pay compensation to the buyer brokerage firm if, you know, the, the correct series of events happens, namely the buyer enters a purchase and sale agreement and that transaction closes. Okay, <clears throat> right below that the very, in, the very first language in paragraph five, you find four subparagraphs, A, B, C, and D. A has two paragraphs, two subparagraph A. The first, sub, the first paragraph of subsection A deals with exactly what you would expect. Buyer agrees to pay the compensation identified. Buyer agrees that on the face of form 21, if the seller has offered the same amount of compensation that buyer has agreed to pay by your broker, then buyer's obligation under the buyer agency agreement is to approve on line 16 of form 21, the new form 21, that, I'm sorry, the revised form 21, that uh, sell, the buyer approves seller's payment of the selling office compensation offered in the listing. And with that, buyer broker's firm is compensated in the amount that buyer and buyer broker have agreed to in the buyer agency agreement. But the second paragraph of paragraph A is a little more interesting. Mm -hmm. The second paragraph of subparagraph A deals with a scenario where seller has offered through the MLS to pay more compensation to the buyer broker's firm than what buyer and buyer broker agreed to. And Eric, in this paragraph, this second paragraph of subsection A, there are options provided. And so this is a conversation that buyer and buyer broker are having before they've even found the house, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So at the time, at this point, all we know is what buyer and buyer broker have agreed to as the compensation buyer is gonna pay, but we have no idea what the compensation is that seller's offering because we don't even know what house buyer wants to purchase. Correct. So what are these options, Eric, uh, what do they mean at, at the, this point in the conversation? So it basically this gives you the option to address if the compensation is greater than 
what my firm charges or what I charge uh, and, and then put on the buyer's mm -hmm. agency agreement, uh, um, what happens with that money? Does the firm get it? Does the buyer get credited that money? Or does the seller get credited back that money? Okay. Uh, and what's the disposition of that? And then if it gets credit to the buyer, uh, it has to be whatever's allowable from the lender standpoint. Whatever credit yeah. is at the, and then anything over that would be uh, go back to the firm is the default on that. And so I think this is, again, the, the point of, of the form is to uh, have the practitioner offer all the available options to that buyer so the buyer can say, oh yeah, well, I'm okay with you getting that extra or wow, that would be really cool if I could cut my closing costs down and I could get credited that. Right. And you have that conversation up front and um, you know, I think it builds, I think it helps the practitioner build credibility and I trust agree. and rapport with the client. Mm -hmm. So they know like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, you, you've worked your butt off. I, yeah, you should get that or whatever that conversation looks like. Um, but I like the fact that it opens up those options and I don't think that's a, that's a defensive, you know, conversation that's, you're, you're going into a space oh, where it's like, no, this like is a, oh, what, how come, yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's a healthy, um, a healthy list of options and, and I think it, it's good conversation. Yeah. Th this is a place I think brokers can sell themselves. Absolutely. You know, we've agreed to the amount of compensation that I'm going to receive. If there's more than that paid. If there's more than that offered by the seller buyer, it's 100% your choice. Right. What do you want to have happen with yep. that extra? Absolutely. So, so Eric, in real terms, mm -hmm. why would a buyer ever credit it back to the seller? Well, uh, in the event there, let's say they're in a price range that is very competitive and they're in a multiple offer situation and they want to add those dollars back to their offer in the form uh, to a seller that would that would be a that would be a reasonable context for that I think okay that makes all the sense in the world so it increases sellers proceeds without having to increase the sale price sure exactly that makes a lot of sense okay then subparagraph B the title of subparagraph B is compensation from buyer and this subparagraph deals with the scenario where Buyer has agreed to pay buyer broker's firm X amount, but the compensation offered by seller through the MLS is less than that amount. This language is really simple. No checkboxes here. <laughs> buyer agrees to bring the difference to the closing table. Yes. Right? And this is the this is probably the hardest conversation. This is the the one we fear the most as a practitioner, the fact that we're gonna ask the buyer to pay the difference and Oh my gosh, they're not going to want to do yeah, and and I think some of that's a, can be a little irrational. I think we dramatize it a little bit much in our own heads uh, because the fact of the matter is that's just going to force a conversation. Uh, it doesn't. Okay, so wait a I minute. Mean, let me let me read in, the sentence to yes, you and then please, answer this question. Please. So the very last sentence of paragraph five uh, B mm. says, and remember, this is a scenario where where the Buyer has agreed to pay more than the seller has offered to pay through the MLS. The last sentence of paragraph B says, in the purchase and sale agreement, buyer may request that the seller pay all or a portion of buyer's compensation obligation to buyer brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. What's significant about that language? Um, 
Well, and I that the buyer is going to pay the entire compensation to the buyer brokerage firm or the difference? The fact that it says that a buyer may request that the seller pay oh, all seller pay, yes. So uh, this actually is very uh, cool because we have the Form 41C that allows us so... Which we'll cover in the next We'll cover in the episode. next video, but 41C has a provision in it where you can ask the seller to cover the difference of what your buyer brokerage uh, agreement says. But if you don't have a buyer brokerage agreement signed, uh, you can't leverage that back into a negotiation. Okay, so wait a minute, let me, let me interrupt you. It's always been taught in this industry that buyer brokers have no place in commission negotiations at the time they're negotiating the contract. Commissions are established between the listing firm and the seller at the time the listing agreement is written. And buyer broker, you don't have authority to negotiate that commission. You're saying something different. Yes. And I think what this does is it, I think it, um, it groups in commission with buyer's closing costs. Buyer's commi the commission from buyer to Correct. buyer's broker. Correct. Uh, the difference uh, be is, is, is being treated more like a buyer closing cost yeah. where you're asking the seller to pay on, on their behalf. And the, the seller can say no, you yep. know. Uh, and at that point in time, that's a conversation between the buyer broker and the, and the buyer as to how that gets handled. Yep. Um, but either way, those conversations are, you know, that you have to have that conversation. You have to have that conversation. Before and, you and, then. And I, you're, Eric, I, I think you're 100% right. The terminology of buyer's closing costs isn't used in this form. Right. But, but the fact is... The implication the, is. Yeah, yeah, the contract creates an obligation on buyer mm -hmm. to pay this additional compensation to buyer broker at closing. Mm -hmm. That makes it a closing cost. If, sure. that, if that makes it easier to understand, yeah. it's the same thing as buyer's closing costs, which buyer brokers assist buyer in negotiating for seller's payment of buyer closing costs yeah, all the time. All the time. All this is not a new concept. But Eric... Can the buyer's obligation to pay buyer brokers, or let me say it differently, can buyer broker's receipt of compensation be fall under the umbrella of a buyer closing cost if there is no buyer agency agreement? No. The no, buyer... because it's not delineated. So or, and how so so what what are you going off of? And and that comes back to the root of all of this. Not only the forms changes, but what the Presidential Advisory Group is doing in that we're trying to make this process more transparent. Yep. And, and, and this is definitely in the spirit of that. And yes, it's a change. <clears throat> and yes, I know you guys love change. But uh, it's going to be okay, right? We're going to, I mean, this is, this is change for the good. And I think it will be good for the consumer. It will be good for the broker. Uh, but it is, you know, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to be a little bit more diligent about how we use this form. So yeah, but but Eric is right. O only with the contractual obligation on buyer to pay compensation does this get treated as a buyer closing cost, meaning that buyer broker mm -hmm. you can now negotiate it as part of the sale terms yep. between buyer and seller. Correct. So buyer broker, actually, Eric, let me ask you this question: yep. How would you sell? the use of a buyer agency agreement to a buyer based on this oh, issue. Easy. Buyer, buyer says, 
you know, I'm not comfortable signing a buyer agency agreement. What if I don't have enough money right. to pay your your commission at closing? To, to which I would say, you know, that's I, I appreciate that and and I understand that concern and um, I would never want to burden you with extra costs. But what this really does, uh, uh, Mr. Inspire, is that it allows me to leverage back into the negotiation the payment of that difference as from the seller which I cannot do unless I have this signed. Now again the the conversation based on your brokerage policy and things will vary from there. My personal approach would likely be something to the effect of we'll have a conversation about that difference if the seller refuses. I'm not gonna let that stand in the way of you getting your house you want and you know we'll we'll have to figure that out. Right. Um, but um, and there's several ways to skin that cat. So, um, uh, but in any event, the reasons to sign this um, buyer agency agreement become more compelling, I think. I agree. I, I, I couldn't say it better. That's exactly right. Um, okay, which leads to the next subsection. Subsection C is entitled filtering listings. And it says, brokers shall bring listings to the attention of buyer regardless of the amount of seller's offer of compensation unless otherwise agreed as set forth herein. Yeah. So hearkening back to the second episode in this series where we talked about the DOJ and the NAR settlement, one of the issues of concern in that settlement, in those settlement conversations, was brokers nationwide, brokers filtering listings based on the amount of compensation that a seller was willing to offer. Yeah. So Eric, if buyer has a buyer agency agreement, mm -hmm. how does that liberate a broker to not even care what the selling office compensation is or said more pointedly right. with respect to the DOJ concern to avoid even a, a feeling like they ought to right. be filtering based on. And I think it depends, you know, if you fill it out with a with an amount uh, uh, specified, uh, then that buyer can elect to, this This paragraph gives the buyer the option to say, well, I really don't want to look at any of your listings that are not offering at least that, that amount. And so the buyer's directing you to filter based on their financial issues or whatnot, uh, or their comfort with risk. So, and, and I think that's what this speaks to. Now, if they're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, happy with the, the amount, uh, I'm not worried about the difference, and I want to see all the listings, that also is where that conversation comes into play, where you can say, well, you know, I'm going to show you all listings no matter if they're offering, right. you know, one dollar or yeah. whatever, you know, right. uh, it, it allows for that conversation <clears throat> to happen. So, um, but, I, but I love that, I love that paragraph as a follow-up to the one previous to, because exactly. then it allows the practitioner to say, okay, what do you want to do about it? Right. Instead and, of me making that decision for them. And I like that it's drafted in the affirmative. The, the yes. DOJ is concerned about brokers filtering. This is drafted to say that if you don't touch the form, if you don't, I'm sorry, if you don't touch that Just provision, we're not going to filter. Then it says that the broker will not filter based on the listings. So why would a buyer ever want a broker to filter based on listings? If a, if a buyer says, broker, I'm using all the cash that I have, all of my resources I'm using to purchase the property, I'm not going to have anything left sure. to pay your compensation, mm -hmm. then they might want to filter on that basis. But Eric, I think 
I've heard you say that you still think it would be a good idea for a broker, for, for the party, for the broker and the buyer to not agree. I'm sorry, to, to agree not to filter on that basis, that instead yeah. this would be the springboard yes. for buyer to do, for broker to do what? To negotiate that difference back into the transaction. Right. And, and right now, and especially as we're seeing kind of a shift in the marketplace, uh, back where buyers have more leverage, that's becoming uh, more of a, a, a real contest right. uh, than it has been in the past right. uh, couple years, yep. maybe. So, exactly. uh, so no, I, I'm very happy with all the changes. Imagine this scenario where buyer has instructed broker, don't show me anything that with a selling office compensation offered less than X. Mm -hmm. And that perfect house, buyer broker sees it and knows it would be the perfect house for buyer, but it's X plus. And broker says, ah, oh, my buyer agency agreement says I can't even introduce it to the buyer. Wouldn't it be a much better outcome? And broker, this is something you're going to have to help your buyer understand at the time the agency agreement is negotiated. Wouldn't it be a better situation, buyer, for me to introduce that property to you and then, buyer, you tell me what you want to do? And the last thing I want to do, buyer, is introduce you to property that you can't afford. That's not sure. my goal. But only if you empower me to reach out to the seller and the listing broker, even in advance of you writing an offer, mm -hmm. and say, yes. would you increase because my buyer wants to purchase and here's all the background. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think a lot of the the consternation that we feel towards these changes are solved in communication yeah. uh, and, and reaching out ahead of time saying, hey, this is a scenario, I respect your sellers, you know, what they are trying to achieve, uh, what if? Yeah. And, and, and right now, uh, buyer brokers have that leverage to do that, right? More and more, and listing uh, brokers are more receptive than they have been in the past. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Conceptually, big concept, you know, 30,000 view, foot view, that's it. That, that's it. That, there's nothing else that's changed in this form. Mm -hmm. There are actually a few other changes in the form. So, again, take your forms class. But, but big picture, mm -hmm. industry evolution, that's it. Yes. It's definitely encouraging the practitioner to use the buyer brokerage. It's giving them some tools to present it in a manner that's that – lays out all the options, has that conversation, increases the transparency, and that is really the goal of, of what we're trying to achieve at Washington Realtors. Exactly. exactly. Well said. Okay, so in the next episode, we're going to talk about Form 41C, an addendum mm -hmm. that you might include in a purchase and sale agreement. And, and what you're going to notice in that conversation is that everything that we talked about with respect to Form 41C has its origins in the buyer agency agreement. So, beating a dead horse here, <laughs> if you have these conversations with your buyer up front, if you have the buyer agency agreement in place, then marking the Form 41C, the Form 21 and the Form 41C, is predetermined by the time, even before the house is even found. You're still going to have conversations, of course, with your buyer at the time. But again, it all begins, everything in this industry evolution series begins with the buyer agency agreement. Form 41, released October 3rd, 2022. Mm -hmm. All right. If you have questions on this topic or any other, please ask me a question by visiting warealtor.org and submitting a question through the hotline link. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member. <laughs>